Good morning, good morning, good morning. What an amazing, amazing experience to be here with you. Um, I want to welcome you to Shofar here at London in London um, to our, our live session this morning. I want to thank you for tuning in, those of you who are tuning in. And first and foremost, before I even go any further, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to, of course, my wife. I told her Happy Mother's Day this morning. Um, it's such in an interesting experience right now because we're all, I'm sure, experiencing a very different Mother's Day. But uh, the spirit, the human spirit is very resilient, it's very beautiful, and we can all still celebrate um, moments like these. Uh, it's so evident in what happens all over the world, as, as we've seen on the news, just communities coming together and, and celebrating one another and celebrating each other. And so um, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I want to also say that with this advent of uh, doing a Facebook Live um, in, in this kind of session and having our sermons this way, there's this, um, I just want to yeah, encourage us all to enjoy the, the, the means in which we are able to do this. We're still able to meet. I want to encourage you as a family, um, please keep connected. We, we are so committed to staying connected to you, and uh, we want to make sure that um, you, you have a means to, to, to know that we are, we are here. We are here. Communicate whatever you need. I mean, the, the digital age is, is such a gift right now. So we're able to experience so much um, and yet not miss out on, on one another's lives. Um, I don't want to, I, I want to make sure that I don't spend too much time talking about Corona, <laughs> but um, let's, let's address the elephant in the room. You know, it's um, isolation is a big thing. And uh, I, I know that many of us uh, of course, uncertain about about a few things and where we're going as a global community and what's going on in the world right now. But um, us as a church, I think churches all around are so committed to reassuring the world that um, within within any circumstance, you know, we are all given such great hope in Jesus, and and we are we are wanting to be that hope here at Shofar for 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 all of you. And, and for our community right here. So um, before we get into the word, um, I want to just take an opportunity. Let's pray together and uh, let's dig into it. And let's trust that the Lord will speak to us this morning. And if you can just bow your heads wherever you are. Father God, I want to thank you, God, for the honor that it is to be here and to share the word, to share what it is you want to say to us. Father, I want to thank you that you speak to each and every one of us. Prepare our hearts right now to receive the word. Open up our hearts, Father God, to, to hear what you are saying. Father, your word is so clear in its direction, Father. You say, Father God, that I, I you say that you, Father God, you speak and your sheep hear your voice. And so I want to thank you, Father, that we hear you, Lord God. May your word be a light unto my feet and a lamp unto our path, Father God. May, may, it, may it guide us in, in, these, in these times of, of trying to navigate what we might not be able to see and what we might not be able to know. But we know, Father God, that faith is a substance of things that we do not know and do not see. So we have faith in you, Lord Jesus, for coming through to us, coming through for us. In, uh, in such amazing times. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, I, um, whilst I was preparing, um, well, this week, whilst I was preparing for the sermon, 
I I was quite curious for myself as to know what the Lord wants to say in a time such as this. Um, quite curious to know where in the where in our own experiences as, as human beings, um, the kind of questions we are asking, the kind of things we might be open to hearing for the first time or experiencing for the first time, because it's it, it's not unknown to us now that what we're going through is probably the first for our generation or at least for my uh, generation um, and 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 I'm not even speaking about in a in a large extent to to those who have experienced wars and and have lived through that I'm speaking about sort of something that 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 affects the, an entire global community in a way that we are all actually meant to and are needing to respond um, to it. So, as I was thinking through it, I mean, I, uh, I, as 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 an actor, I'm an actor in my profession. Uh, I was working in Kuwait. Um, one of my experiences, my family was out visiting uh, visiting me whilst I was out there, and we would. We were still rehearsing, but we all had to evacuate Kuwait because it was being closed down because of the pandemic. And we came back to London and, um, you know, praise the Lord for safe travels and being able to get here together in one piece. But 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 that that is a is there's a shift there that happens because this is not necessarily um, a a normalcy. This is not something that is just, oh, your flight is being canceled. Um, you you can find another flight and come back. This is not this is not that. This is a a shift in what is expected, a shift in what is um, prepared for, or even made provision for. There there is no no way anyone could have been prepared for this. If you are if you're getting what I'm saying and, and going with me here, um, that no one was prepared for this, and and that is something that I've been very interested in trying to to think through uh, with the Lord and 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 with all of us I'm sure you know no no one is prepared for something that they don't know no one is prepared for something that they they aren't aware of you know might be rolling on or might be coming um, and so something that I find is fascinating about the Bible, uh, the story of Jesus, the journey that we are on together as Christians in knowing and loving the Lord is a nation that I feel in the word is probably one of the only nations, or at least, well, this morning, I'm going to be focusing on the Old Testament quite a bit, but but the only nation in the, in the world that is that is set apart, that is given a specific mandate from the Lord, that is sort of, you know, we, 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 we read our, uh, we read a lot of the New Testament through the eyes and the lenses of this nation, and that's the nation of Israel and what they go through. And so there's so much fodder, I feel, in the story of the nation of Israel that relates to the story of the global community right now, and more, more specifically, the global Christian community right now. Um, and and I'm, going to, I'm going to try and unpack a portion of scripture that uh, I think we all know very well in terms of story, in terms of having, having heard about it, in terms of maybe having a frame of reference for it. Um, but I'm going to want to break it up for us so that we can take a look at God's purpose and God's plan. Now, before I jump in, I want to say 
God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Okay, I want I want you to hear this this morning because there's a there's a a feeling in in all of our experiences that when things change then the natural the the natural or even the spiritual order of things change i want to impress upon all of us this morning that when things change for us it does not mean they have changed for the one who has ordered life, who has called life to be, who knows what is going to happen, who has a plan for this age, who has a plan for all ages, who has a who has a, a long a long arching history and and um, uh, a lineage of of proof and evidence of his provision over nations and over tribes and over a people. Thing, things do not change in terms of the one we have put our trust in. So they may change for us as they have changed globally right now. There's a lot of change in what has happened right now. So, so things are, are very different for us right now, but things are not different for God. And this is something that I feel in terms of the, in, in light of what the Israelites were going through, I'm going to focus on Deuteronomy and Joshua. So the fifth book and the sixth book, right near the end of them, where Moses passes on and Joshua takes over the baton and he leads the Israelites into the promised land. And, and there's a moment here which I want to, to make, uh, to bring into focus, to, to zoom it in a little bit, to zoom in on what they were going through. And this is, in terms of context, let's, let's lay it out. So, Moses, Moses is called by the Lord to go and lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Everyone knows the story. So let me qu quickly just summarize and, 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 and bring us all up to speed with it. So Moses, in his call, in God's calling over his life, he goes ahead. They, they of course, the Israelites do not... Um, go with him the first time in terms of all of the plagues that the Lord sends Pharaoh does not let them go he does not let his people go and all of Israel is still crying to 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 be freed and yet they are still locked in their hearts to being enslaved so there's this in, in interesting back and forth between the Israelites what they're experiencing and what God wants to bring them into so long story short, everything happens exactly as Moses and as, as God has told Moses, everything happens exactly how God has ordained and planned it. The Israelites leave with Moses. They flee Egypt. Um, this is after the angel of death visits uh, the Egyptian community, the whole nation, and, and Pharaoh realizes what what is actually at stake here and he has lost his son through um his 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 hardness of heart and so the israelites and moses flee but right in that moment of course pharaoh says no i want this i i am the one 
who's meant to have. I am the one who's meant to rule over you. I am the one who is deserving of this. I am Pharaoh. You do not do this and humili humiliate me in this way. So he orders his armies to chase after, right? So everyone is on their way. The chase is on. They get to the Red Sea. And this is a moment that in, in the in the in the history of the Israelites at that moment and that's in that time this is sort of the moment where God shows them his faithfulness to them that nothing that they face nothing they face is too big for him to bring them through it as we know the story um, through the instruction of the Lord Moses is able to part the Red Sea they cross over. But the moment that the parting of the Red Sea happens is very important because it doesn't happen right when they get there. It doesn't happen um, um, a, a, a day or, or five hours before. It happens when they can see the enemy right behind them. They can see the enemy. So, so it's very clear that fear is something that can set into your heart when you see the onslaught of the enemy coming on. But it is important for us to understand that this moment of seeing, this moment of, of actually being face to face with the enemy is exactly when the Lord wants to come through for you and I. So that is when the Red Sea gets parted. Because there is a purpose to everything that God does. When it is parted, they move through, they cross over, they get to the other side. And just as this is how beautiful it is. So as they have crossed the Red Sea, the, the, this is Egypt. This is the armies of Egypt. This, this is uh, uh, everyone in, in Israel. And think of oh, your, your, the frame of, of where I am right now as the Red Sea, right? So, so this is how close they are. The frame, they're crossing in, they're crossing, they're crossing, they're crossing. Everyone in, at some point, everyone was in the Red Sea almost as the last folks were leaving. These, the first folks were entering. Right. So the Egyptians are entering the Red Sea, the Israelites exit and the flood, the waters get crushed. So it is important. The timing of the Lord's intervention is important, but it is not until everything is in line. Everything is purposed by the Lord and everything is under his will for those things to happen. So in our lifetime right now, there's, there's, a, there's a place in which I want us to understand as we dig into the story of the Israelites, I want us to understand that everything that comes in and through the Lord's uh, will, everything is ordained. Everything is, 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 is given provision for, right? So fine, the Israelites cross the Red Sea, the Egyptian, the Egyptian army drowns along with Pharaoh. Everything that they feared gets engulfed by, by this moment. It is, it is all taken up. It is consumed. It is swallowed up by the Lord. They are on the other side. Of course, there's, a, there's an amazing moment of celebration because they've, they've been delivered. But then the, an interesting ha thing happens is that they end up and they receive the Ten Commandments, they receive the law, they end up wandering in the desert for another 40 years, right? This is an important thing here. They wander through the desert for 40 years, 
And by the way, this is all in the book of Exodus, right? So, so the book of Exodus is the, the framework of, of seeing the, this leaving, this being brought into something else on your way to what is promised by the Lord. Okay, so all of this was by God's um, word to them that they would enter into the promised land. I, I will take you into the promised land, the Lord said. So they end up in the desert for 40 years. We know the things that happen there. God provides for them through food. God provides for them through shelter. God is God. God is there with them. God is in the desert with them. They're not there alone. They're not left by their own devices. Although there's a place in which in their hearts, they start to abdicate that place, that place of safety, that place that the Lord has wanted to, 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 to protect and to create for himself. They abdicate it to other gods. And of course, we know that they start, you know, uh, worshiping idols and, and, and soon after they've been delivered, they and soon after that they've, they've taken their eyes off of the Lord, they start to lift their eyes up to something else, put their faith in something else. And this is where the first sort of set of Ten Commandments gets broken. This happens. Um, there's, a, there's, there's this wandering in the desert for 40 years because of their disobedience. And, and the Lord gives the Israelites another another opportunity, right? Right as we're gonna fast track through the 40 years. We're not gonna go through all the details of what happens, otherwise, we'll be here all morning. But right at the end of Moses' life, at the end of this 40-year wandering in the desert, there is an, an important uh, conviction in the heart of Moses because now an older generation of Israelites has passed on, right? So the, a newer generation is the generation that God is saying, okay, guys, now is the time we're going to get you into the promised land. Now, now it's time to go. I'm paraphrasing there, okay? It's not, <laughs> it's not how it is. But it's like now it's time to go. It's time for you to go into the promised land. But Moses, you're not going to go with them because of your disobedience in, in, in not listening to me and following me in terms of striking the rock and water coming up. That's another story. Go read it and you'll find out. But Moses is not granted the, um, the, 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 the grace or, or the opportunity to see the promised land and to cross over into it. So he sees this moment as an important one. And, he, and here he is tasked with actually delivering the law to the Israelites again, because again, the the, gen, the generation that would have known the Lord, that would have seen what the Lord did in parting the Red Sea, that generation had passed on. They, they weren't there. And the children of that generation would have been too young to actually know exactly what the Lord had done. You know, it's, it's one of those things of like you, you, you need to be able to to know it, to see it. And so this moment is an important one where Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, which is basically the the a list and, and a massive book of just the laws that they're meant to uphold and sort of think on um, the, the nation of Israel. They he delivers it. It's a, it's it's made up of just tons and tons of speeches, speeches that have got to do with obedience, of course, and marriage and governance and and so many laws within the book. So this is um, an important thing that I want to bring to us. So Moses does this. He gives them the law a second time, 
a second time. He gives them the law in Deuteronomy 5. He gives them the Ten Commandments again a second time. The first time God wrote it himself. The second time through God's um, um, and dictation, Moses writes it out as well on, on stone tablets. And he gives them the law a second time. And as they have this, I want to take us to, to, to um, Deuteronomy 12. And if you have your Bible, please read with me. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 8. I just want you to hear this first. I'm not going to jump straight into um, this portion of text because I'm going to continue on with my storytelling of, of this story of the nation of Israel until we get into Joshua. And then we're going to come back here and we're actually going to look at what the significance of all of this was, right? So this is verse 1 of Deuteronomy 12. These are the statutes and rules that you shall be careful to do in the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall surely destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars and burn their ashram with fire. You shall chop down the carved images of their gods and destroy their name out of that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way, but you shall seek the place that the Lord your God will choose out of all your tribes to put his name and make his habitation there. There you shall go and there you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your contribution that you present, your vow offerings, your free will offerings and the firstborn of the herd and of the flock. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your households, in all that you undertake in which the Lord your God has blessed you. You shall not do according to all that we are doing here today, everyone doing whatever is right in his own eyes. And that's verse 8. We're going to hold there. So basically... These types of laws are the things that Moses is just giving them, giving them, giving them, giving them. And they get to the point, we get to Deuteronomy 30, which is an amazing portion of scripture um, where, where Moses gives them a blessing. Soon after that, in the last few chapters of Deuteronomy, Moses still gives them a warning to say, listen, um, you will still with everything that I've told you, you will still give up your seat as the chosen people of God. You will still disobey. You will still have all of, and, and you will choose the curse instead of the blessing. Because all of this is about blessing and curses. You will choose death over life. But he gives them the last, the last bit of Deuteronomy. But he still gives them hope to say this, it, it is still within you to choose and to know that the Lord our God is faithful to have brought life to you. If you obey him, if you love him, he will do and give you all that he has promised. You, you, basically, you and I, in our situations, in our choices that we make, in how we read and relate to these stories, in how we understand the heart of God, you and I have the choices always, always to know whether or not we are abdicating or whether or not we are taking it on, taking it on board, the heart of the Lord, his obedience. And so, church, I want to encourage you.
that within where we're going this morning, there is a there is something, there is a shift, there is something new that God wants to present to each and every one of us, something new that He wants us to understand through seeing the 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 story of this nation. Once this is done, Moses dies. I'm sorry, spoiler alert. At the end of Deuteronomy, Moses dies. He's on the other side. I'm looking on, on a mountain. He can see the promised land. He passes on. And uh, before he does, of course, he passes the baton on to Joshua. And in Joshua 1, there's an instruction from the Lord that is amazing. It's an incredible portion of scripture that I, that I want to encourage us with as well. So this is Joshua 1, verse uh, 1 to 9. And this is where we, we pick up having found, having known that Moses has passed on. He says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your ter territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Verse 9. A very famous one. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. An amazing portion of scripture that is a testament to God's faithfulness to this nation. Now, when the Israelites had received this charge and Joshua had taken on the man, the, taken up the mantle, had, had been passed the, the baton, there was another moment of crossing over that the Israelites had to do. They had to cross the Jordan River. And at that time of the year, the Jordan River was in flood. So it was there was massive risk to crossing over this massive river, right? In the same way in which God came through for the Israelites in that older generation when crossing the Red Sea, God comes through for these folks in crossing this Jordan River. Now, I want you to understand something here. The, the timing of the instruction that Moses gives to this new generation is important. The timing of God's inter intervening, his intervention in these nations and in the, and their times of need is important. Because what was happening here was that God was establishing the reason why there is so much in Deuteronomy 12, the reason why there is, there is an importance 
of holding on to the on to the law of holding on to the the things that God has commanded that his servant Moses had told them when you read further from verse 8 in Deuteronomy 12 God tells them specifically that they they are not to um you know worship other gods they are not to go and take for themselves um a, a, a way of life that is in, that is similar to that of the other nations that neighbor them. When he brings them into the promised land, there is something new that they are meant to adopt. There is a new lifestyle that they are meant to take on. I I I, I realized in a in a in a very whilst I was preparing for this, um, there was one of my commentary notes that I was reading. The 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 commentary was. God saves first before he gives instruction on how to live. So the Israelites were saved through the Egyptian army, through the Red Sea, and then they were given instruction. Here there's the instruction that is given and they're going in. And then they're going to be taken through. What is interesting about this going through, going, crossing over the Red Sea, I mean, the Jordan River, is that the neighboring nations, what, what we see is the worship of other gods, the love um, of self, the flesh, um, the practice of, of killing um, and sacrificing children. We see many other atrocities within what these neighboring nations were doing and where into where God was sending this chosen people, the Israel, the, the Israelites into the promised land. There was a lot of outside influence that God was saying to them, you need to know something about what is going to happen right now. Everyone else around you is going to be doing something different to you. You need to know where you stand with me. You need to know my word so that you do not err. Uh, you do not go from it for, uh, to the left or to the right. You do not, you do not um, move from this word. Because what I'm doing in you, Israel, is I'm setting a new culture in you. We must understand that this moment is a very important moment for the nation of Israel. They were not, they were not, uh, in a sense, trendsetters. For for all for the for the evidence that we know, they were quite happy to be the slaves in the nation of Egypt. In in Egypt, they were quite happy to be the slaves. They were not happy to be the ones that were. You know, as long as I'm okay in my own bubble, I'm not necessarily going to be fighting with Pharaoh. You know, I'm not going to be bringing the fight to the man. You know, my, my God is big, but I'm happy. I'm getting all of my, the, the exact provisions that I need, the, the exact food. Yes, work is difficult. Yes, my life conditions are difficult. Yes, I'm, I'm a slave right now, but that's okay because at least Pharaoh gives me a bit of bread or gives me a bit of whatever I need, wheat, so that I can make my bread. And what God was saying to these folks is you need, and, I, and this is where I want you to hear me, church, is you need to understand that you are not called to follow what your neighboring nations are doing. You are called to lay down a new culture 
of behavior, a new culture of priority, a new culture of living and of giving of yourself to the one true God. So in Deuteronomy 12, God charges them. Let's, let's, just, keep, let's just keep reading a little bit on that. I'm going to read verse 9 for you um, until about verse 13. So this is Deuteronomy 12. Verse 8 said, you shall not do according to all that we are doing here today. Everyone doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For you have not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance that the Lord your God has given you. This was that you, you have not come into the promised land yet. So you need to pay attention as to where your heart is and where your 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 eyes are moving you to. Because we all know the thing that you and I um, hold dear is probably the thing that will influence our, our spirit and our soul more. We'll be drawn to the thing that we, we, we like or the things that, that we see as important to us. And those things that we see, those things that we, we place that importance on, they will speak to the direction of where we, we prioritize our lives and where we go. And God is trying to shift the hearts of the Israelites right now to say, listen, I need you to be um, in, in a zone and in a place where you're prioritizing and understanding that I am the provision for you. Verse 10, but when you go over the Jordan and live in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and when he gives you rest from all your enemies around so that you live in safety, then to put then to the place that the Lord your God will choose to make a name to make his name dwell there. There you shall bring all that I command you, the burnt offerings, the sacrifices, the tithes, the contributions the, um, that you present and all the finest vow offerings that that you vow to the Lord. You shall rejoice before the Lord and you and your sons and your daughters and your male servants and your female servants and the Levite that is within your towns, since he has no portion of inheritance with you, all of you shall rejoice. Take care that you do not offer your burnt offerings at any place that you see, but at the place that the Lord will choose in one of your tribes. There you shall offer your burnt offerings and there you shall do all that I am commanding you. So there's a there's there's a place in which God is saying to the Israelites the culture that you are walking into is a culture where these nations the Hittites the Canaanites all of them would praise their gods anywhere and everywhere there would be monuments altars there there would be uh, anywhere in the towns that you would go, high places under green trees, those places were all good for worshiping those gods. And God was saying, you as a people are going to be seen for doing something totally different. You are going to build, you are going to worship me in one place. You are going to all come together and worship me in one place. In that one place, I am going to show you and give you all that you need. That the joy of the Lord is our strength comes from this place of being in unity with Christ, with the Lord. Everyone around them would be affected and influenced by this very singular focus of this nation. Not to mention the fact that this would be the, the only nation 
at that time that was praising and worshiping one God, not many, just one. And they weren't even doing it in the sense that everyone was, was able to praise him, praise and worship him everywhere and anywhere. They were doing it in the sense that everything was being closed down. And God was saying, I'm going to specify the places of worship or the place of worship where you will, where you will worship and praise me. An interesting parallel for me when reading this portion of scripture with what we are experiencing as, as a global community, but more so of what we have been given through Jesus Christ is the fact that Jesus, God, decided to make a dwelling place within us, in our hearts. Now, that dwelling place is an important place to, to put a marker on because you and I are not under the same covenant of the Old Testament. There's a new covenant that we are under. And there's, a, there's something amazing about this new covenant that we are under. It is not to say that Jesus in his, it is not to say that Christ in his glory has chosen a, a lesser experience in dwelling in our hearts. That is, that, that is the, the wrong way to think about what Christ chooses to do when he says, I will dwell in your hearts. I just want to read a portion of scripture here that, that, that emphasizes this. See, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 67 says, Because the God who said, out of the darkness light shall shine, is the one who shines in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the force in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. You see, the power of God is the thing that God is emphasizing when he says to the Israelites, you all are to do X, Y, Z. You all are to follow me to the letter. The power of God is what we experience in the story of Jesus going, coming from heaven onto earth, giving of himself, dying on the cross and being risen again on the third day to say all authority has been given to me. To say now, you, I have come to seek and save the lost. I have come to give you life and life in abundance. I have come that I may be your salvation, that I am, I am the savior of the world. I am salvation. Come and drink of me. So he comes and he makes this exchange with us to say, there is something that I want to introduce and to give to you as a newness. That now you don't need to find the place where I've specified, which was what was ha happening in the Old Testament. You don't need to do X if you are too far from that place, from that dwelling place. That place he calls home. Another word um, in, 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 in the Hebrew for that dwelling place is translated as home. That place where I have made my home. I'm saying to you, I as Christ. Christ came and he has made that offering for all of us that he will make home in our hearts. I will make my home 
in your heart. The, another scripture that beautifully illustrates this, Christ, that Christ made, this is Ephesians 13 verse um I'm so sorry, Ephesians 3 verse 17, that Christ may make his home in your hearts through faith. The gift of having a home in Christ, having a home in us is, is for our benefit, not for his. Many of, many of the experiences that the nation of Israel went through was for their benefit, not for the Lord. Many of the things we are going through right now as a global community are for our benefit, not for the Lord. At the beginning of the session, I said to you, God is still the same. No matter what the circumstances are, God's plan hasn't changed. God is not intimidated by um, coronavirus. He's not intimidated by it. There are far other things, worse things that have happened in the history of mankind. And so every time any generation is faced with a moment of of true, what's the word, uh, uh, rubber meets the road, a moment of true introspection and true find asking ourselves the questions of, okay, what's going on right now? What is going on in the world? That is the time where God is saying to you, I am faithful to do what I have called you to do. I am faithful to bring it to pass. I have not changed. I am not, I am not swayed by the wind. You may be swayed, but you must know that I am the one that I am. And so you and I have a hope in Christ as the church. As the church, we have a hope in the King of Kings, saints, where there's a place in which we know that Jesus. Jesus in our hearts, Jesus as a community, Jesus as, as, the, as the, the, the bridegroom of the body of Christ. That as we're doing church this morning, even over this medium, as we are doing church right now, Christ in us is the hope of glory. And this is the beautiful, the beautiful exchange, the beautiful sort of passing over of what was made new. In, 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 in the example of what the Israelites had to go through. They were being made new by having experienced the exact commands that the Lord had asked them to go through. Now, I want to say to you, it is us as a church community, it is us as Christians that are being tasked with the same mandate. It is the same from the Lord. The Israelites, Christians today, it, it is the same. Where I'm calling you to, you will be setting a new culture. Because in Christ's glory, in Christ's own fullness of being, there is no way in which Christ cannot make anything that he intervenes with, that he comes to touch, there is no way that thing cannot be new. Do you hear what I'm saying, saints? There is no way that thing cannot be changed. When Christ comes into a situation, there is no way that situation cannot change. So I want to ask you this morning, how is the Lord in your current situation? How is the Lord 
if it is if 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 our if our situations have all to do with corona and our and our isolation how is the lord in your current situation because it is evident in what he 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 says even of old of older uh, people groups it is evident in what he has done throughout the the word throughout history of the word that every time he is on the scene every time he pitches every time he comes through every time he speaks and we obey his word and we obey his word every time that is something that that happens things change things are made new let me read you some beautiful scriptures about god and his newness lamentations 3:22 to 23 through the lord's mercies we are not consumed because his his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness Ezekiel 18:31 cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit for why should you die o house of israel Ezekiel 36:26 I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh Chronicles 1 first chronicles 16 to 23 sing to the lord all the earth proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day Matthew 26 28 for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins amazing 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 promises here's one more forget the former things do not dwell on the past see i am doing a new thing i'm going to hold on this one because i want to expand on that a little bit more and sort of tie it in with what we're saying god in his glory jesus in his plan his his salvation plan for the world has always been faithful to bringing us something that we can hope in jesus has always been faithful to say I am with you. <laughs> in Joshua we read that I am with you all the days of your life. Just be strong and courageous. Now, the part that I want to challenge us all in is being strong and courageous in the fact that it is not in the material things that we are seeing, but it is in the instruction of the Lord we are to be strong and courageous. See, now is the time where God is doing a new thing. Isaiah 43:18 to 19 Forget the former things do not dwell on the past see i am doing a new thing now it springs up do not perceive do you not perceive it i am making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland god is making a way in the wilderness i want to encourage you church i want to encourage you this morning to say to you in whatever your circumstances are i understand We are all going through the same thing. We have all been some most of us have been displaced of work. Some of us are fortunate to be able to be working from home. But our hope and our faith if it is in the material thing, if it is in the thing that we can 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 bring bring sort of our hands to, bring bring a, a kind of revenue to ourselves to, if that is the thing in which you place your trust, you you we will struggle. in this in this time we will struggle in this life forget this time 
Corona is going to move on. I want to I want to just encourage you. Corona is going to move on. What happens after Corona moves on, right? So there's a moment now where we're all in this strange sort of, uh, where we're not too sure what's going on. But I want to say to you, where and when do you allow God to intervene in your situation? If you don't believe in God, where and when do you allow yourself to be exposed or to be challenged by the grace and the love of God? Where do you do that? And if you are like the Israelites who have been shown so many amazing things, now I'm speaking to us saints as, as the church. If we are like them, and in many ways we have now put as modern Christians, we have now put our trust in very many things other than God to sort of bring us direction, to bring us uh, security, to bring us peace, to bring us joy. All of these things that Jesus says, look, I will bring you, I will give you joy. I am the Prince of Peace. Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Where, church, are we doing this? If we are putting our trust and our faith in what, can, what we can bring for ourselves. I would wager that we are not doing this fully. I would wager that we are in a sort of um, 60 40 relationship with God. God, as long as I can sort of know where the next bit is coming from, God, as long as I can know um, what, what I'm doing next, then yes, I'm cool. I will be anxious for nothing. But I can see that, yes, there's a paycheck coming in. So now I'm anxious for nothing. Do you get the, the, the thought process of what I'm trying to say to you here? The saving grace of God does not happen, the saving grace of God doesn't happen or it doesn't preempt the provision of God. I think I need, I need to say that the other way around. The saving grace of God preempts the provision of God. That's it. That's correct. The saving grace preempts the provision of God. You and I need to understand that we need to put our faith in Jesus first before we can receive that provision. You and I need to be obedient first before we can experience the, the multiplication on whatever we put our hands to. You and I need to be the ones that are being diligent to seeking the Lord and to being there present with him in what he is saying and where he is saying us, where he's saying for us to go. You and I need to be present within that journey for us to actually get to the promised land, for us to actually to get to, and I'm not talking about the promised land as in promised land is us getting on the other side of Corona. That Forget about that right now. I'm talking about the promised land being us, you and me, getting on the other side of what this life might say and might dictate to you as everything you need for a great life is presented to you in the natural. That is a falsity. That is not the truth. The truth is Jesus makes all things new. Jesus brings life and life in abundance. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to ask you this morning, how are we sitting in that situation? How are you sitting within the place where it almost feels like you are Jonah in the belly of the whale? Because now we, we're not able to go out into the world and, and, and experience the things in which we, we normally do. The normalcy of being able to be social um, beings that is being closed off. 
We're almost like Noah and his family on the ark where we're all confined in our own spaces and in our own homes, our own homes, being put in a situation where there's just you and, and maybe just you, not even you and your family, maybe it's just you. You and the thoughts, you and the life, you and your, 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 your stresses, your anxieties, you and things happening right now. So what happens? When do you and I allow ourselves to experience the goodness or the newness, the freedom that is presented in the Lord? When do we allow ourselves to recognize the gift that the one true living God has given us. And that is that even when things are crazy, there's a beautiful song by Hillsong at the moment that, I, that I'm enjoying. Um, it's called Highlands, uh, a song of ascent. And the chorus is, is, is just resonating with me so much right now because it says, um, even, it says, I will praise you on the mountains. I will praise you when the mountain is in my way. And, and there is something amazing about that opening statement there. So even when I'm on the highest of highs in my life, and when I'm, when I'm facing the mountain, I will praise you. You, God, are the summit where my feet are. You, God, are the foundation on which I stand. I will praise you in the valleys all the same. See, there is, there is a shift in which you and I in this time, I believe as a church, we are being challenged within, with the way in which our culture is meant to shift. We are being challenged as a church, I believe right now, that, that culturally there is a newness that God wants to present to each and every one of us in the same way that he was able to present a newness to the nation of Israel just before they entered the promised land. But there was a, there was a, a directive, there was a prerequisite to this newness. You have to follow me. You have to obey me. You have to put me at the center of all. You have to make sure that I am the cornerstone. I am the one on which you place all of your affections, on which you put all of your love. As a social nation, a social uh, global community, a, a social civilization, even as Christians, guys, we, 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 are, we, are, we are somewhat on the borderline of failing at this. There are many things in our lives that, have hold, that hold on to our affections. Many things in our lives that do not allow us to be the actual new culture that God has called us to be in the same way that he called the, the Israelites to be. There are things in our lives that are not allowing us to be full on, head on, confident in the plan of the Lord confident in the word of the Lord to share it and to bring it to neighbors, to friends, to work colleagues. You see, Christianity was never meant to be a little sort of self-bubble. It is almost a, it, no, it is not almost, it is a gift that 
we are going through what we are going through right now and we are not meeting face to face because what I'm what I'm saying to you is that normalcy has been broken. That pattern has been broken by the Lord. The word says everything that the enemy plans for evil, the Lord will turn and use it for the good. This moment, the Lord will use for the good everything that the enemy instigates or that the enemy plans or any trap that he lays down. God has a plan. God has an extra exit strategy. God has a salvation strategy through all of those things. And so the, the main aim right now is not to be focusing on where our provisions will come from, although that is important. Please hear me. Although that is very important, our provisions are very important. I'm not saying that we're going to be, be um, uh, irresponsible with livelihoods. What I am saying is that there is a certain, there's a certain window of, it, of opportunity. Isaiah 55 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. There's a certain window of opportunity right now where you and I, we do have the time. You may be working from home. So if we've been struggling with those quiet times, let us dig into the Lord right now. Where you and I, if we are working from home or we are home and we are self-isolating, if we have been experiencing difficulties in breaking through and connecting with the Lord, this is an opportunity that has been presented to you to quiet that time and to be at the feet of the Savior and to hear from the Lord again. And I'm trusting that that this is this is how we are approaching the season, church. I'm trusting that this is how we are approaching what we are going through as a, as a global community, because the church, the church, I believe us, the body of Christ, we are given the same mandate. God's mandate is not different; it's not changed from that of the Israelites. And I'm not going to go into the more sort of um, theological discussion about the, the nation of Israel as the chosen people. That is, that is a different conversation that we will have. But, but as, as, a, as, a, as a nation, we know as a people of God, we know that God, Jesus came and there was no d differentiation now between Greeks or Jews or, or, or Gentiles. Everyone who is known and who is of God and knows and loves the Lord, we are all called into one family. So what I'm saying to us is, it is now the time for you and I to sit at the drawing board and watch the architect, the incredible architect, draw out his plan, not for his benefit, but for ours, because we have maybe missed it. And that might be a word for someone this morning. God has laid out a plan for your life, but you have missed it because we are too busy with other things. And we are called to be in opposition to the culture that we are living in right now. We are called to be in opposition in the same way that all of those all of those neighboring countries were, were, were praising their gods in similar fashions. There may have been differences, but everything was similar. Everything was 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 almost like th there was a there was a through line of consensus in how they praised. Um, even if it was different gods, we all praised our different gods in different fashions on mountaintops and all and all and all and all. And yet the nation of Israel was meant to be very different. It was meant to be in contradiction to what was going on around. And what I sense for, for this morning in bringing this word for us is that us as the, the church community, it's a there's a beautiful sort of awakening in our spirits now, in our hearts, because... Because the, the pandemic has affected everyone. 
everyone. This is not just a flood that affects one country. This is now affected on a global scale. So that means that for all of us as, a, as, as Christians, as part of the family of Christ, we are being asked to self-examine. We are being asked to be honest in our response to the Lord. And we are still also being asked to be very open and obedient to the plan that God has for the church and for the communities that, that are around us. Now, part of what we sometimes don't do well is we don't allow God to speak first. <laughs> we don't allow God to lead. When things of crisis and times of crisis happen like this, we do not allow God to lead. And I want to say to you, that is probably one of the, 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 the worst things we could do at a time like this is not trust in the calling and the anointing that God has on his church, on his body. The anointing is, is, is there. It is what will break the yoke. Now, now there are so many ways and means for us to, to reach out to one another and to actually be able to cross over into the promised land together. Um, and part of that is understanding where we're at right now. I'm, I'm, I'm laying out and wanting to say to you, as I read the last portion of scripture, there is a place in this portion of history, because we're living through history. Yesterday is already history. So we are living at a time where we are going to be held accountable for how we responded, even in this time. You see... Accountability is not a is not a a um uh, an, uh, just a, a sort of nice idea for God. It's not it's not accountability is not a one time sort of thought. It's not a once off. It's not it's not a whimsical thought. Accountability is what hinges on the justice of God. The reason why God is just is because He has placed all of us accountable for the time that we have on this earth and how we have spent that time on this earth. So I want to encourage you, church, as I close off this morning, I want to encourage you, hear this. Jesus, in his, in his love and in his grace, Christ did not ever, Christ did not ever come to the earth to leave you and me to struggle, to leave you and me to be defenseless, to leave you and me to be in fear, to be afraid, to be in, 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 in isolation. Christ never came to the earth without the full purpose and the full knowledge in his heart of knowing that he would be faithful to his people, faithful to all men and women and children, all, all. Because his heart's desire is for all to be saved. Because his heart's desire is that the will of the Father be done. So him dying on the cross was not just for a select group of people. Him dying on the cross was not just so that he could 
the die on the cross and show that he is God by rising again the next day. It was to fulfill an important, important mandate from the Father, which is that I have laid out a grand design for all of humanity. I have laid out an exit strategy for all of humanity. I have laid out your saving. I have laid out your joy. I have laid out your peace. I have laid out your provision. I have laid out your healing. I have laid out your, your love. I have laid out the compassion. I have laid it out. I have brought you the greatest gift you could ever ask, and that is Jesus Christ. No matter what the global scenario is, God's mandate through Christ is the same. And the church, we as the church, it is now the time for, there's no excuse anymore. And I know, and I'm speaking so, so kindly and gently to, to, to our church community. Um, those of those of you who are listening in and, and, and would otherwise be here, it is, it is, it is now, there is no excuse to not being able to have the time with the Lord. <laughs> that has been removed from the equation. The excuse is whatever you now make it. The excuse is actually us getting to the heart of the matter. So probably the truth of the matter is in, you are not really, we are not really putting our faith in God if we are not fully committed to Obeying, committed to being that new culture in, in our society, committed to being, to, to working in opposition to how society works, committed to being the hands and feet in our community. Even with the, the restrictions we have right now, there is a, there is a way in which you, you and I are able to reach out. And this is not just re, um, reserved for, 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 for people in the church, of course. I mean, the evidence of this is all over the world. We have seen how the human spirit comes, comes and, and, and begins to exude moments of encouragement and life. That is because of the innate responsibility and the innate gift that God gave all of us in our spirits that he says, you will show and represent me. You are made in the image of God. And the image of God possesses all that Christ came to show us on the earth, which was compassion, which was love, which was forgiveness of sins, which was to be able to extend ourselves in a way that we love one another as Christ has loved us. So let me close. Let me read. This is, this is a portion of the text that I said I would read to you um, right at the end of Moses' life. This is Deuteronomy 30, very close to it. And, it's, uh, and it basically says, I'm reading from Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 to 20. And Moses says to them, For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you, sh you should say, 
who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither it is beyond the sea, is it beyond the sea, that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over to the Jordan to intend possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. An amazing part of scripture that I believe is a beautiful picture of what even, even echoes what is in the New Testament and what Jesus has come to do. That there's life and there's death to choose. That you and I, we cannot say anymore that the word of God is far or out of reach or Jesus is not here or Jesus is not near. It is not true. It is not true. Because of the advent and because of the arriving of Jesus, because he came in the flesh and did what he did, he made it very, very accessible for you and I to know and to experience life in him. Because this, this portion of scripture, it beautifully illustrates that here we have an option, always. I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you may live. I want to encourage you, church. It is an incredible time to live in. And I don't mean incredible as in woo-woo. I mean as in this is, this is massive introspection that happens all over the world. That is happening in, in your household. That is happening in mine. That is happening in, for our neighbors, for our friends, colleagues, family members, for everyone. But it is in times like this that you can be encouraged, that you can know that there is a king who is near. There is a king who is not far. He has made a way. The only onus is on you and I to choose. Choose him and therefore choose life. I want to ask you to bow your heads. Let me pray for us. And as I pray, let me encourage you to know that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, is on your side. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning.
God, I want to ask you, Father God, to whoever has heard these words this morning, I want to ask, Father, that you continue, Father, to speak to them and to guide them and to lead them to you. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are near. I want to thank you, Father God, that you have called us to be able to recognize and to see in the times that we live in right now, Father, that you have always had a plan, that you will always have a plan, and that you have always had a plan. Father, I want to thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I want to thank you, God, that you challenge us as the church, that you challenge the saints and the body of Christ, Father, to, to understand and to know that what you have said in your word and what you have given us through your word is beautiful instruction, beautiful moments and passages of scripture where we can see what has happened in the past and be able to grapple with it even now and see the relevance of it even now. God, that the nation of Israel, where they were, Father, that, 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 that they were in a place, Father God, of moving into something so new, into uncharted waters, into uncharted territories, into, into a life experience, Father God, that even for them, Lord, they would have to make a decision to choose and to choose you consistently because all around them, there was no one else modeling that. There was no one else showing them how to be. There was no one else showing them how to live for the glory and the king of kings and the, and the, and the, and the beautiful sovereignty of God. No other nation was doing that, but yet you placed on and in them the grace and the favor to be able to do that through the word that you gave them, Father. That they would be a nation and a community, Father God, that would challenge that culture, that would challenge the, the way in which that society and the nations around them were op operating and were flowing in. And Father, I believe that that is the same thing that you are saying to us as your body right now in this modern era. I believe you are saying to us, you have given us the same word that applies to the nation of Israel. That you, church, have been given the mandate to be in a society that works opposite to what you know, opposite to what you see. And there are many times where you will not have the example. But I have sent an example in Christ Jesus. I have sent the instruction in Christ Jesus. Only follow me, obey me, give your lives over to me, and I will show you the way to go. I want to thank you, God, that you speak life into the lives and the hearts of those listening right now, Father. I want to thank you, Lord, that those struggling, Father God, or maybe in, 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 in a way that, that this, this global pandemic has caused a, a kind of isolation, Father God, that is hard to bear, Father. I want to thank you, Lord, that you intervene in Jesus' name. Because we know, Father God, that when you are in a situation, that situation must change. Because nothing that's comes, that stands against you or comes against you, Father God, can ever overcome because you have already overcome. Your word says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so I want to thank you, God, that this morning, Father God, you speak that word of, of encouragement to us. That we are to be of good cheer. Because you, Lord Jesus, have overcome. And through the new, the new covenant, Lord Jesus, we experience a life-giving uh, life um, experience with you. We, we have an opportunity and a place, Father, where we can come and submit to you and be shown the glories of an eternal, eternal life.
of an abundance that is deeper than circumstance, of a joy that resonates far greater than uh, 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 an event or happening. I want to thank you, God, that none of that, Father, is, yeah, Lord, that none of that, Father God, is, is determined on the fact that our circumstances change, but it is all determined on the fact that you, Lord Jesus, are the one who brings the power in and through us. Be glorified, God. We praise you. We want to thank you, Lord, for your love and your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.